I would say like when you're in, you know, your undergrad years or even your late high school years, like you can't be afraid to, to work hard. Like you can't have a fear of that. I think, you know, sometimes I hear a lot of people say they you know, want to enjoy, enjoy their, their university years. They're going to be the best years of their life and, and, and just maybe not really picking something to be dedicated to. So I think it's, if you can love getting down and in the trenches and working hard and develop like a passion for that. Welcome to the Leaders of Tomorrow podcast. My name is Chris Thompson, your host of the show and the head coach of the Student Works Management Program. This is a show dedicated to young and ambitious entrepreneurs and ultimately the leaders of tomorrow. Each week, we will bring you an inspiring interview or message to help you create the future you know you deserve. Let's get started. Hey, leaders. So. I have an amazing young man. His name is Stefan Milosevic. He is a second-year district manager in our program. He worked for a year as a painter. He was part of an all-time record-breaking business that led by Marnus Kutsi and Bulla. And he were a three, three partners in a business that just grew our all-time average from 260 to 310. Uh, he went on to have an amazing Rookie year almost broke the uh, the uh, all time rookie record held by Amir Abu Shakra, and then went and had the uh, uh, he and Joe Kim shared the uh, rookie of the year district for district managers this past year in two thousand and twenty. So really, really a great conversation with someone really, really bright, really grounded and smart, and uh, really up to big things, up to a big, big future. I know you're going to love the conversation. I'm really proud of the people that we have on our team, especially the amazing district managers that we have. They're just such remarkable young leaders. And I think you can't help uh, when you listen to this podcast and not get that from this. So I know you're going to love it. If you've gotten the information from me, you know what we're interested in is amazing young leaders like Stefan, like some of the people we talk about in this podcast. So please shoot me an email at chris at leaderspodcast.ca. You're welcome to share our podcast, The Leaders of Tomorrow. You can rate and review it. You can send people directly to our site, studentworks.com. Have a fantastic day. Thanks so much. Hey, so Stefan, welcome to the Leaders of Tomorrow podcast. So super to have you. Thanks, Chris. Yeah, it's an honor. I've been, been looking forward to, to the day for a while. And, and yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, no, no, no. It, it's really, really great. And I know there'll be lots to dig into here. So why don't we sort of take it back to before you were in the program, explain what you were like and any frustrations that you had. Yeah, well, it's, it's definitely been a heck of a journey the last four years. Like you said, a, a lot to dig into, but I think that's an interesting place to start. Like for myself, when I think about what I was like before, you know, coming in and running a business and being exposed to this, I think I was, was someone who I was definitely always, always like a top performing student. Like that was kind of one like avenue I had to be competitive, to excel and to sort of have that capacity to, to like work hard at something. Mm -hmm. But I see myself like, at that time, not really realizing what I was capable of right. and like kind of not having an opportunity to show, I guess, myself, like what my full potential was and like 
for sure, a hundred percent in the jobs that I had, I, I was not really, you know, I, I'm someone who I think can ro- like will really rise to the occasion when I'm surrounded in like a high performing environment. Right. And I never really had that exposure to that. Mm-hmm. And, and so I kind of hadn't unlocked a lot of, of kind of my potential, I felt like, and was, was, you know, working hadn't had much work experience whatsoever in, in my summers. Right. Um, so I, I, I don't know if I would list, you know, categorize it as frustration, but just, you know, something was definitely missing. Yeah. And I hadn't, had not like gained that, that experience that, that I needed or, you know, crossed the path of, you know, an enriching opportunity like that in the summer. Yeah. And partly as well as there's a real possibility that there was really no awareness that there was another opportunity, right? There was another space, right? So I know um, just for some background uh, leaders listening is, is one thing that we do is we are really about setting the bar and moving the bar up and up and up and up. And so over the last 12 years, we've probably either broken the rookie record or the all-time vet record 12 times. And for years, we had not consistently broken it, but, but we really, really have just been on a path to set new targets and set new targets and set new targets. As an example, our, our VP right now, Pat, set the all-time record, what was the all-time record. And I think probably there are a couple of people who moved it and then somebody else, oh yeah, he, Dylan Puchniak moved it and then Carlo Bonomo moved it. And then all of a sudden, this guy named Marnus Kutsi who ran a hundred K business came on and he bumped into two buddies, you being one of them and said, let's go create a, not a, you know, 250, 260 K business. Let's create a 300 K business, which was really, really a huge goal. So what was it like participating and really, you know, blowing the number up that year? Yeah, it's definitely a lot of, a lot of good stories behind that. Mm -hmm. Like you said, there's been, been many people that have kind of moved moved the needle throughout the year so to speak mm-hmm. and really like it's crazy for me to even think back on how that happened because like we all met like myself marnus and, and alex bulla yeah who you know teamed up that summer like we all met just literally by happenstance in first year res mm-hmm. like we were on randomly placed together like i was a roommate with marnus and kind of that's that's how it all started and like my first ever business experience was the summer after my first year university and i had like i'd actually applied to be a painter for college pro okay and and totally was not like given an opportunity to do that like was totally ghosted so i was left without a summer job and then i i like you know, did some odd jobs. I, I worked at Tim Horns for a couple of weeks because I knew the guy at the at the bottom of my street that ran the franchise and like had enough of that, was not happy. And Marnus that summer was actually had started up his own driveway ceiling business, like in the Stoville GTA area. Mm-hmm. We were we were hanging out one night and he said, Well, why don't you come kind of spend a week with me learning how to do that? Right. And and I just thought, you know, that was right away like i just love the idea of just have being my own boss and and being able to go out and make results happen so you know we basically did that together for the summer and then fast forward a couple years we had come up with this idea to go and 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 run a a really big business during the summer of 2017 Mm -hmm. i was i was a painter for marnas and we were kind of living together in kingston and 
literally one night at like one or two a.m. We literally got a napkin out, started thinking about this scheme, right? To go and and run a record-breaking business, and you know, I kind of thought I'm a pretty good painter. Like Marnus seems to know what he's doing this year. Like, why don't we just team up and see what we could do together? So we we had that one night, and like definitely there was a a spark, a great idea there, and but it was kind of one of those things that we let let go for a couple months, didn't really revisit it right. until it was getting later on. And like he had signed back. I didn't really, you know, understand much about student works at that point. For I was sure. just literally just, you know, a painter working hard in the summer, having a good time. And then, you know, we started thinking really seriously about it in November ish and kind of realized we would probably need a third, third cog in that equation to make it happen. And so kind of Alex came into the picture as, as our main sales guy and, you know, we showed up to January training together and, and kind of all got that experience at the same time. And right. like from that point on, there was just a relentless commitment to the goal we had. Yeah. You know, we had the opportunity to live together in the summer, which was really, really cool because I know a lot of people do this and they have, you know, people in their business, but very rarely I feel like is everyone kind of living under the same roof. Right. And I think that created a pretty, pretty special energy with just every day. Like we were every single day of that summer, like I was up when my, my alarm went off. I was up before my alarm, like right. out of bed, right. ready to go at 6 a.m. And just, you know, worked until the sun, the sun went down right. and was totally happy to do it. Like, I think that was, stands out as probably the most fun summer of my life. Right. But I would say, yeah, to sum it up, like we had a goal, we had a number that we were fixated on for seven months like nonstop. I don't think we really ever doubted that we would hit that. We yeah. had some pretty some pretty great chemistry and just enjoyed enjoyed working together. And it's it's amazing what you can do when you you're passionate about what you're doing and you have great people around you. And just the one thing that does stand out in my mind was just that the team culture we had with that business was phenomenal. Right. We, you know, so many friends and and like relationships friend friendships that continue today came out of that right um like obviously matt young you know someone who you know i call one of my best friends today and just painters we had we, we were on a basketball team together we would show up after work wearing our painting clothes to play in an intramural league and so that kind of cohesiveness was was a lot of fun yeah no and i just i remember you know it was really remarkable again the energy the commitment the focus i know as well you guys had a real focus around that push-up competition i can't remember what what, what was that called yeah it's it's, it's called a sally up sally so up yeah. that, that was one of our our big team things is every single day it's basically it's it's a song you can find it on on spotify or just youtube it and you do a push-up to the rhythm of the song and it's about a three and a half minute challenge and there's kind of three holds so it's kind of like there's three different sets and we did one of these (laughs) every single day from january training to the end of the summer like with the cool thing about it was just and and this kind of speaks to the whole accountability was there was always a day where like i was just way too tired to do it or maybe too tired as well and then alex would be the one to just initiate it and once someone brought it up like there was no chance that you know we weren't going to do it. <laughs> so it was just kind of this back and forth of keeping each other accountable to that. And it's it it was not it was more of just a symbolic thing. Just like no matter 
how tough a day we yeah. had or how great a day, like that would be our, our kind of foundation at the end of the day. Yeah. And it, you know, it didn't really, after a month or so, it wasn't like a huge physical exertion. Like that wasn't the point of it at all. It yes. was just like the discipline factor yeah. of like, we're committed to hitting this goal and we're yeah. committed to doing this every day. And, and so it was an, it was an awesome little ritual. Yeah. Just, just awesome. So please leaders, uh, you know, Google, Sally up, uh, you know, YouTube, uh, challenge yourself to take it on for Steph. It was no big issue. I don't know if it is still now, but it, it's a pretty tough, it's a pretty tough challenge. Well, the, the cool thing about it is it, it really is my, like it's, it's more of a mental thing. And once you do it, like once you get through it once it's, I, I find it pretty rare that people go back and then can't do it again. Oh, really? Okay. Okay, great. So it's just mind yeah. over, mind over matter. Okay. More so that I would say than, than you would think. Yeah. Okay. Well done. Well done. So I know, uh, you know, that was a really, uh, you know, remarkable experience really set the bar. And then, and then that next year we, we had that bar jump a whole bunch, but, but for you, you came in running your, your first business and you just fell short of the all-time rookie record. So tell me about that experience and, and running that really, again, really significant business of your own on your own and, and what the differences were. Yeah. So that was, that was the summer, the summer afterwards, the summer of 2019. Mm -hmm. And like, you know, I was in a position where it made a lot of sense for me to come back and like give this a go as kind of the lead guy and, and had an opportunity to kind of assemble a, a similar team. Like I worked with my younger, my younger brother, Sasha and, and, and Matt Young, who's one of our painters from the year before and kind of, you know, tried to, for obvious reasons, like <laughs> replicate that business style right. as, as much as I could. And so, yeah, it was, it was a, it was an awesome summer. I definitely needed that, you know, that validation of going into it, being the one that's, that is running the business, the mm -hmm. one that was writing my own, my own name on, on the agreements. And, yeah. <laughs> and um, I would say it was insanely competitive summer for myself. Right. Like, again, I just had, I still had that that feeling of what it's like to set a tough goal and to to just relentlessly drive for that goal. Right. I'd say that was the biggest underlying thing until it kind of got to like July. I was just totally fixated upon that. Mm -hmm. And it was a, a good summer of, of of growth of of like I said, validation and getting that confidence to go forward. Mm -hmm. The biggest thing that kind of stuck out to me was just the power of of setting goals. Mm -hmm. Because I remember at January training, like at the start of our, our year, our business year, I was like, you know, content at first I was going to set a goal for like 150K. Right. thought that was like pretty, you pretty know, big goal, pretty, for sure. pretty big in business. I, yeah. you know, it sounded good. And I had this funny enough, just an offhand conversation with Amir. He was kind of like, oh, what are you, what are you thinking? And I told him and he was like, does that, like, does that really scare you? Yeah. And he didn't, I don't think he meant it to be a big no. influential thing, but then it kind of just, I think this was on a Saturday and it kind of just stuck in my mind. I was like, Hmm, you know, it doesn't, doesn't quite sound right. I think we're going to need to bump it up yeah. to 200 K. And then, you know, so that was, that became the number and that's the number I settled on. And just that impact, I, cause if I had kept it at 150 K, I do not think I would have hit that 200k even though obviously i had it in me yes it was just the fact that i was looking to do that from the start mm -hmm. that pushed me you know over the edge to actually hit that and it's funny because you mentioned i was nine thousand dollars away from breaking an all-time record that looks is 
pretty difficult to break. For sure. Would, would, it's a tough one. It might be there for a little bit. And, and I think back on that and reflecting on why that didn't happen is because I didn't set my goal to that from the start. Like, yeah. There's no way I wouldn't have been able to come up with an extra 9K if I had had that mindset in February, right? right. So it's, it's pretty cool. It's def- that's definitely the lesson that stuck out to me. I was able to create a very efficient business where I had you know, two awesome guys that were kind of at a manager level taking a lot off my plate because I really wanted to just focus on the sales, on that communication aspect, which is where I wanted to develop. So I had a blast just you know, selling $216,000 worth of painting work was pretty fun. Yeah. And, and so, yeah, it was, it was a great experience. And just having that carrot out in front of you to, to just drive you. And I'm, you know, I'm a super competitive person. So that was, you know, a powerful thing to, to experience. Yeah. No, and it's really great as well that, that you were able to mentor and take, you know, two of the leaders of your business and they were Mexico operators. Uh, Sasha and uh, and Maddie won uh, Rookie Operator of the Year. So, you know, just obviously you've been dealing with a lot of top performers. So, so what do you think top performers are doing differently? Yeah, like when I really think about it, I I think of people who, you know, set big goals are not afraid to take take on a serious challenge first and foremost. Mm-hmm. And just what sticks out to me is having. For sure, just that that drive inside of you to to go achieve some impressive results and, and a work ethic that comes along with that. And just for me, it's always been about, you know, not being satisfied when you're, you know, not getting complacent when you're close to that goal or you hit that goal or you have that big win. It's like maybe somewhere along the way you celebrate a little bit, you know, take a step back, but then you're not getting out of rhythm, like you're going right back to the drawing board to what's made you successful mm-hmm. and not sort of just you know, enjoying those wins for too long. I think that's one big thing. I think I see, you know, people with really killer habits, just that's something that I think I'm going to be working on for the rest of my life is Mm -hmm. just implementing new habits into my daily routine, whether that's like your ritual before bed, your ritual when you get out in the morning, you know, how you you eat, how you treat your body and working out and and stuff like that um, is have yet to come across many top performers who just have terrible habits. Yeah. <laughs> it's, maybe there's a few yeah. in, in anomalies out there, but like that, that's something that sticks out to me a lot. Mm-hmm. I believe definitely people who aren't afraid to like admit when they need to improve or they made a mistake like that, that's really huge to me or just, you know, not having that ego to be able to look at yourself and see what your weaknesses are and what your strengths are. Right. Trying to be, well-rounded and, and humble at the same time right you know obviously it's important to have a, a, a really high level of of confidence but not that arrogance where it it, it is detrimental to you mm-hmm. and then just from seeing like you know friends of my parents from seeing seeing people that i've come across like clients even who are really really successful the the big thing with that that i've noticed just with observing other people is they're typically you know, the work hard, play hard type who have done some exceptional stuff, but also love to have a good time. Right. You know, they take that, that space to go and, and enjoy what they've created. So, so the work hard, play hard is, is a huge one as well. And then I think having, you know, valuing your relationships and your connections and, and, and working towards developing that network and, you know, not shooting anybody down, being, being really, 
you know, picking your, your spots where you're going to listen to what people have to say. Right. And I, I see top performers, you know, give other people a chance to speak and, and are never, you know, never putting anyone down or counting anyone out. They believe that everyone has maybe, you know, something that they're really good at that you could learn from. That's a, no, that's a, well, that's a good, good list. And, and one of the things as well that, you know, as you're talking through them, especially that last point is retaining people and retaining really good people. Like, just think about the people who you've really retained in your business, you know, and, and it makes all the difference, you know, and, and part of that is like you said, being real, having real conversations, thinking the best of them so that, you know, they're like, okay, yeah, I, I'm, I'm excited about Stefan achieving his goal and I want to be part of that. And as such, I'm going to get to achieve my goal and then my future goals, you know? So, so it's, it's drawing people in towards that. So what about, what had you want to start coaching entrepreneurs, Stefan? Well, you know, after, after last summer, I was, you know, extended the opportunity to do that. And at the, I had a pretty limited amount of time to decide too, which was, you know, literally three or four days kind of thing near the end of the summer. And I was coming out of, coming out of my undergrad and I had done a few different things. I'd always, always thought I was going to apply to med school. I was, you know, a pretty hardcore science student. And then I had also written the LSAT and I wasn't exactly sure of what I, what I wanted to do. Um, And what it really came down to was just, I thought to myself, kind of what is the biggest challenge that I could take on at this point in my life for the next year? Mm -hmm. And in, in extension of that, it was more kind of like what scares me the most right now. Okay. And this was definitely it coming in, like being a district manager, being someone who's, you know, in that constant leadership position. And because I just knew at the end of the day, from, from my last two summers of experience, looking back on those, that, that all those things that had taken me out of my comfort zone had given me a lot of value to go forward with. And mm-hmm. it just had been such a drastic transformation in, in two years time, which is not a lot of time. Yeah. Um, what I got out of that. So I was like, I kind of need to replicate that now for this transition between undergrad and going up out into the future. I, I didn't really feel like, you know, school was necessarily the way to go for me in terms of a master's or, you know, post-grad or, or, or professional school or whatever. Right. So, you know, I kind of, took a leap of faith like right. i said it was it was a pretty few days that i i had to think it over and i really just rolled with that mentality and at the end of the day that's what i trusted to kind of guide me into an opportunity that was right for me right so, so yeah that's kind of was the yeah. was the gist of it and it's neat as well it kind of just you know it, it, it and very rarely are dms uncovered like that but it was like yeah why don't we have Stefan come join us? You know, it was kind of funny just how it just occurred. And normally it's much more of a process. And I think one of the things is, is, you know, you really had a whole lot of experience. It wasn't like you or you really, in many ways, you were a veteran operator in that year, just like Amir, just because he had previously played a big role in another top performing operators business. And, and obviously it proved it because, you know, you were, uh, you know, co-rookie DM of the year. So, you know, clearly you were able to really perform well and well, better than well, outstandingly. Mm-hmm. But what had you, you know, now reflecting back on that year, what surprised you most about being a coach and a mentor? Yeah, well, it was interesting because like you said, I was kind of like a veteran operator and, and, and you know, typically a rookie is not ex- given the shot to go be a district manager. and 
but you know the logic behind it was sound but i i did i did find that there was a, a fair amount of catching up i had to do in a few different areas just because when i was running my business for the first year i was extremely comfortable with what i had to do because i had just seen it and and participated in it at such a high level so right. what i really didn't need to exert myself to do was like reaching out for coaching like my scheduling my habits like weren't up to par with okay. what you know maybe someone who who had a second summer under their belt right like to work on those things and so i kind of had to do a little bit of catching up in those areas i found and even just like the leadership mm-hmm. was something like i was able like i was lucky enough to have like i said two really standout people helping me out in the summer so i was able to really be in a position where i was pretty hands off and mm-hmm. not have to develop as much as you know, the next person might have to run the same size business. Okay. So it was a major challenge. And just that was the biggest thing, I guess, that surprised me was how, how it, it forced me to, to really just reach out for as, as much coaching, as much help as I could. And just, it, it honestly pushed me out of my comfort zone more than I thought it would. Right. And I think the reason why is just that it was a position, it is a position where you're dealing mostly with, you know, with, people with that human element yes. um, exclusively and, and also just working with people, you know, students, guys and girls who are in first and second year and third, third, you know, other university students who have right. a lot going on. Yeah. Um, and it's just that, that unpredictable variable. And there were literally times where I just, because you're just in that leadership position, every little detail of, of how you conduct yourself gets reflected like in your team. Yes. And so seeing that show up like was not an experience that I had had before. So there were times where I was kind of like, oh, I didn't didn't even realize that that was off or that I was doing that. Yeah. And just, you know, having those little checkpoints along the way of tidying up those those habits or, you know, different things that I was seeing show up was was really, really surprising. Um, just kind of we call them blind, you know, blind, blind spots. spots. Yeah. You didn't didn't even realize that that you were doing that for having an impact on other people. Yeah. And yeah, there was a lot of, you know, reflection on a daily basis that, that came away with that. But at the same time, like it was just the most rapid rapidly that I felt myself develop and learn over a year Yeah, in through, throughout my life. So that was kind of the, the other side of it. And it's interesting, Stefan, I think so often, you know, our operators or when we're led by someone or, you know, coached by someone, we don't see all that it takes to do that role. And so often, oh yeah, that's the DM role. That's really easy. You know, where it's like, oh my God, it's just this incredible, you know, space of growth. And again, I think one of the biggest things is you literally are the bar. You're the mentor. You're the role model for all the different types of behavior. So if you're not good at time management and not managing your time or you're not keeping your commitments, that's going to show up with your team. And then it's like, oh, you're like, I am literally you know, pushing this on my team by my behavior. So it's like, oh, wow, I'm not returning their call as fast. That's how they're going to treat their teams or their customers mm-hmm. or me. So all these levels of performance just just show up not saying those were any of yours but just as examples for our leaders listening and it's so easy to think and one of the things as well is when 
you know, typically we're talking about people who are thinking about a promotion or thinking about taking that bigger role. They are top performers. So they're going, I'm not that hard to manage. Right. You know, and the reality is, is that it's true. You know, uh, you know, you likely aren't if you're being considered for a more senior role. And in fact, way more yeah. likely you're led, but even being a leader is, is, is really, really uh, in many ways more challenging. So about how to uh-huh. lead, you know, superstar performers is, is a real challenge. So how do you think the DM role has developed you into a better leader? Well, it's, it's definitely still working. It's magic going into, <laughs> going into year two, having, you know, having a, a big impact, but well, seeing, you know, seeing the end result was, was definitely really motivating and inspiring to, you know, continue, continue on with that. Right. I think having that, that perspective going into next year, um, of just, you know, seeing what the result is and seeing how much of an impact it had yeah. is going to be like, oh, okay, so this is really important what I'm, what I'm doing right now. Like these little details, these little yeah. conversations go such a long way. And just understanding that as a leader, that it's like the little things that matter along the way. Yeah. Um, when you can, you know, in the moment, maybe overlook that or be frustrated with that. You know, I've learned how to have, you know, difficult conversations that when just the, the variety of, of, of sort of personas or, or hats you need to wear in those different conversations as, as a leader, like right. sometimes, you know, you need to be understanding and, and listen more. And sometimes you just need to, you know, tell people the truth and, and be really frank in, in that sense to yeah. kind of give people a wake up call and just all the different, you know, styles that, that other people have had that I've, I've, you know, from talking to them as well, just kind of incorporating you know, little details that other people do really successfully, other district managers has, has been interesting. So yeah, I, like I said, it's, it's a consistent journey that is nowhere, nowhere near over, but, yeah. but totally been, been a lot of, a lot of learning this year. Yeah, no. And it's really great as well. Like one of the things that always stands out for me is so much of being a leader is set up right at the start. And it's kind of like literally paving or painting the picture of what's going to happen in the future. And so given that it's really tough when you're just becoming, you know, a leader at this new level, it's very, very difficult to paint the picture as accurately. So I'm sure this year you're excited to have a, have a new shot at that, right? And just, okay, now I know. Or how a small little thing can be really, really enormous, like a, you know, a misstep of a conversation, or maybe you just step over the fact that they were a little late or just step over the fact that they were brusque or in a conversation or whatever, instead of no, 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 that actually, hold on, what's going on? And and that actually turned out to be something, you know, and, and no, I'm not going to yeah. step over those things. And, and by the way, there may not be anything at all. Hey, I'm, I was oh, sorry. I was a little upset. Just, you know, I had a, you know, not a good conversation with mom or dad or who knows, right? Or just, I was a little frustrated by an exam. Oh, no, no problem. But but it's like seeing how these things can really make a difference in your team. Yeah. And just like you said, having that opportunity of a blank canvas at the start of the year to sort of, you know, re reinstill some values is something that's really exciting to me. Yeah. Just seeing how those, you know, little cracks can sort of expand throughout, throughout the year um, and getting a chance to sort of, you know, be an even better, better leader for my team and, and be there that much more and, and just have that confidence from experience to, to go forward um, and really just exponentially, hopefully 
excel in, in a second year. Absolutely. And it's really exciting to be able to do that because in the role, it's, it's like we've got this big opportunity to, you know, be returning all these amazing people to your team and really, really jumping to a big, big level. So very excited to see what you can do. So how do you think this experience as a DM will be helpful to your career and your life in the future? It's definitely opened my eyes. Like I can't say I have a, a projected path over the next five years necessarily, but I, I'm just at this position right now where I know I'm soaking up so much information um, at you know the age of, of 23 that really you know I'm going to feel super comfortable to go and adapt to whatever situation you know I choose to choose to put myself in, whether that's running my own business, like I feel like I've you know, really got the basis covered there sure. or whether it's more on the leadership front of, of, right. of leading a team. Cause I feel like those are two very different things. Like you could be very successful running, you know, a service-based business or, or, you know, a business that doesn't have, have that much of the human interacting with other people. And, and definitely the, the leadership, the time management, all those skills still help there quite a bit, mm-hmm. but, or, or if it's more on the human side of, you know, managing a bigger team and then stepping in, continuing that leadership role. Like, I feel like either way for myself, whether I'm, you know, more on the entrepreneur side with not as big of an operation starting off right. at, at first, right. or if, you know, an, an upper level role at a, at a bigger company or, you know, trying to come in and, 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 and you know, revamp a, a certain sector from a managerial point of view. I think I would be really, really comfortable in, in both those roles and, and still excited, like feel like I need a, another year of development for sure to get there. Mm-hmm. But it's such a versatile, like transferable skill set. Just going through these, these growing pains, these challenges now yes. is, is feels, feels really, really good. I've got a lot of, you know, comfort and security with that, even though, you know, some people would probably be a little scared by having a, a sort of ambiguous, vague future in terms of like what the set details are, but sure. it's just, what are you getting in, in the current present moment to prepare yourself for what's to come? And I feel like I'm, I'm in a good space for that. So yeah, that's really exciting. Well, you know, one of the things I always like to share is, is people's plans are largely just, you know, um, that just that plans, you know? Yeah man plans, God laughs. So, you know, it's just, it's just like it, you know, going in a general direction is what I recommend to our leaders, you know, and sort of picking. And again, I love what you said, picking an opportunity that really scares you, you know, looking for mentorship, that's really going to make a difference for you. So, so that, that to me, especially early on roles, but later as well, just that's, that's really the most important thing. You know, just because because in the end, it, it it seems clear. Oh, so and so ended up they're the CEO of this, or they're the you know senior in that. Yeah. Oh, that was really clear where they're going. No, it wasn't, not at all. So you know, it it just seems clear in the in hindsight to an outsider, but not to that person. You know, and it's so it's funny you say that with with just man playing God laughs because it it brings me back to like in in first year university. I remember I was sitting in a class and. The professor asked, like, how, how many people in this room want to go to med school? And probably like 95% of people <laughs> put up their hand, like myself included. Yeah. And, and then he was like, that's, that's great. You know, <laughs> the reality is only about 8% of you are actually either going to make it or not change your mind. Yes. 
the time that you actually have to apply. And, you know, that, that rang pretty true for me. And I think oftentimes it's, you know, people always want to know what your plan is, especially for those of you listening who are in, you know, first, second or third or fourth year university. And, and, you know, whether that's parents or relatives or other students, like there's a lot of pressure to have a plan there. And, and the reality is that that just, just, you know, oftentimes either won't work out or it'll lead to something else. So it's, I think the bigger thing to have, you know, put your trust and your faith in is like, you know, the experiences you're gaining and, and putting yourself out there to, to actually learn some stuff. And yeah. then that's how you, or meeting people as well. And then that's how you find that opportunity that is your passion. Yeah. And, you know, maybe you are one of the people that wanted to be a doctor since they were 12 years old and actually make that happen. I'm sure there, there are those of them out there as well, but you know, it's okay not to have a, you know, a, a, a plan a strict plan in mind. And also as well, like one of the other things, Stefan is, is that it's good that you had that aggressive big goal, right. To go to med school. It had you working really well. I know you did really, really well in school and wrote a really great LSAT. And that possibility is still present for you to go do that. And you've got a choice. So that's fantastic. I could choose to go in this direction or that direction. And then, you know, once those choices come, then you'd go and try to check in with, well, what would I really love to do? what really is my path on this planet? So it's not like, again, when I was in uh, university as well, you would have asked me, well, I was thinking about law, you know, and law for business, I always uh-huh. thought, but still it was, it gave me something bigger to chase, you know, so that's a good thing. But, you know, understanding to keep all, as many doors open as possible, right, is, is a really good strategy. Yeah, and I remember we had that conversation before of, right. of you know, your aspirations for law and then, you looking back on it now and isn't it great isn't it great yeah i'm really glad i'm really glad the amazing people at the university of windsor didn't let me in so the backstory on that is my father was president of the canadian bar association when my application came to the university of windsor and he actually was trying to promote the whole idea of business using law as and creating an opportunity for business and actually had supported the university of windsor really a, a bunch. And, and again, I, you know, obviously just cause he felt like he wanted to support. So I knew people on the, on the committee to decide, um, whether I would be let in or not. And so I guess after the fact it, it was, I was told that had I said, I wanted to do law, I would have got in. I was that close. So, uh, and, and I am so glad I didn't write that down because it would have, uh, it would have pushed me off the amazing path I'm on or, or, or potentially or likely just because, uh, would have had it someone else grabbing this this space that I I managed to grab, but um, if you you know you had one piece of advice for a young person to jump into entrepreneurship or leadership, what piece of advice would that be? I think that I would say like when you're in, you know, your undergrad years or even your late high school years, like I, you can't be afraid to to work hard. Like you can't yeah you can't have a fear of that. I think you know sometimes. I hear a lot of people say they you know want to enjoy enjoy their their university years they're going to be the best years of their life and 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 just maybe not really picking something to be dedicated to so i think it's if you can love getting down and in, in the trenches and working hard and develop like a passion for that and you can combine that also with like actually trying to stay dedicated to something i feel like a lot of times people try something and then you know 
bounce around and, and go pursue another opportunity the next, the next summer. I can't remember who else was talking about this, but I think, you know, the power of just being dedicated to something for multiple years to develop and really like see the, the end result of that, I think is, it is, it can be, can be a really big piece to, to being successful as an entrepreneur. Yeah. A hundred percent. And I think, but, it, but at a certain point you're, you're going to have to, to work quite a bit harder than, than the next person. And I think, you know, learning how to do that while you're in university, whether it's throughout a summer or just taking on something during the semester that like, you know, the average, the average student wouldn't and, and just learning that ability is, is, is a big key to success. That's kind of the, the mastery decision. You know, I think we're always better getting really, really good at something, really, really, really good at something. And um, because it's very transferable. You know, tell me someone who's gotten like world class or, or national ranked and, and, and they all of a sudden can transfer the, the mindset and the habits and the hard work into something else. And that's, that's I think, really what, what we're referring to there. And, and um, you know, again, if someone wants to live a big life, they've, they've got to get used to being really excellent at things because that's what it's about. You know, it's, it's a really competitive world. And again, if I just get really, really great at something, then it's kind of like the competition goes away because I'm really, really great at it. <laughs> you know, and it's it's like we don't worry much about competition here, as you know, right? It's not something we talk about. We're just <laughs> focused on let's go get great results. What are we going to do next? What's what's your plan the next of the afternoon, rest of the afternoon, right? That's that's all we're focused on. And what about habits, Steph, for you? What what sort of you know habits would a young leader want to want to take from you? Well, I think I think it's important not you know, pretty simple, but a lot of the successful people I know and myself included right now is, you know, you're getting up early in the morning, ready, ready to have a, a productive day. It's amazing how much shorter the day feels when you're, you're waking up at 10, 10 AM, as opposed to the eight, you know, that right. difference of two hours of what you're, you're getting done, you know, feels like a lot more. So I think the, you know, the basic, the basic things like that, I think it's important to, you know, establish a, a solid routine for yourself mm -hmm. um, especially like when yeah i feel like a lot of people listening to this are in university and just some some of the habits that that are you know practiced there are just not not conducive to success so i think it's really just you know pushing yourself to be better and and it's really easy to just fall into a poor routine because there's everybody else is doing it but if you can you know sort of rise above that to to keep yourself grounded whether that's like exercise can be a huge portion of that, right? Whether that's in the morning or at night, just just having those those few fallbacks to to keep yourself centered, and just really wanting to be better than what the average person is doing, mm -hmm. and it is is huge. I think for sure. I think it's important to to you know to try and excel in 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 multiple different areas, and not just be obsessed with oh I want to go into business. All I care about is business. I'm not gonna not going to try and because yeah. yeah exactly i think that that kind of trickles into other areas and you know that's one thing that i always did was i you know really was able to to perform at a university and you know, go achieve good grades and i might never use that gpa to get into another school in my life maybe right. i will but it did teach me some habits and just wanting that you know excellence wanting to be at a high level and and, and just appreciating what I was learning as, as well along the way, like does have value to it. Mm -hmm. 
with, you know, separate from whatever the number is and whether that gets used. So I think that that would be something big that, that, that I always practice for sure. That's great. That's great. And, and final question, Stefan. So when you think of a leader of tomorrow, what do you think of? I think the leaders that we need for the future are people who look, look beyond what, you know, they personally want in their life and, and look at the impact that they're having on a daily basis for either, you know, the world or, or, you know, doing something greater than just gaining money, gaining, gaining affluence for yourself and focusing on, you know, your immediate gain, I think is really just, and it's, you know, it can be difficult sometimes to, to see that when we want to go, when we think of what success means to a lot of people, it can, it can be, you know, money related or, you know, having a nice house or your family and, and all those sorts of different things, which really at the end of the day, I don't think are going to be, are not the most important thing to have a, a massive impact on the world. And right. that stuff's great. And I think it, it goes hand in hand, but if you can maybe have a, a, a greater mindset of what impact am I having with my, you know, my daily occupation with what I want to achieve. And if people could kind of start thinking along those lines a little bit more, instead of just what's in it for me, I think that that's a really powerful mindset to have. And, and that can be infectious and that can, no matter what you're doing, that can, mindset can lead you in a lot of different ways. But that, I think that's the productive, you know, infectious state of mind that we need people to, to start having in undergrad, coming out of undergrad, and, and just to go and be a powerful leader. Yeah, I can't agree more. You know, I think there's really a, a big opportunity. I think, I think, you know, I can't help but look back and see a lot of trade-offs that, you know, businesses and people have made to say, not really, again, sort of in the economic equation of looking at something, really, what is the cost of the decisions we're making? Like, you know, the environmental cost, the really, really the cost of managing what I'm creating versus the downstream negative impacts of it, right? And just just kind of being conscious, not kind of, really, really being conscious of, of what are we creating in the world? And I don't think there's ever been as a big a, a listening for that, a really a resonance in our economy and our world that that's what we need from our leaders. And again, even just again, just in all the ways that we treat people also as well, those, those, those ways. And are, are we, are we being fair and are we, is it a, as fair a economic playing field and social playing field as possible for everyone? All these things that just make such a difference. And, and again, I think we feel good when we're part of the solution. And yeah, I think, I think that is exactly the type of leader we need, uh, Steph. So I thank you for coming on our pod and, and really, really great conversation and, and taking the time from uh, recruiting a bunch of amazing students uh, for your team this coming season and for our team. So uh, continue success there, Stefan, and, and thanks for making time today. Yeah, thanks, Chris. It was an honor and a pleasure. And um, yeah, have a fantastic day. You bet. We will talk soon. Okay, cheers. Hey leaders, I hope you enjoyed this episode. By now, you are aware that we work with ambitious students every single year to not only help them run their first successful business, but to further their development as a leader and give them an unfair advantage in the future over their counterparts. It's why starting now and only for the next few weeks, we'll be on campuses across Ontario 
Quebec and the East Coast, interviewing students who think they have what it takes to start their first business and get started down their path of entrepreneurship. If you think you have what it takes or know someone who might be interested, visit leaderspodcast.ca slash apply and start your application process today. Once again, it's leaderspodcast.ca slash apply. And I can't wait to see you on the other side.